Have you ever been surprised when hatred has reared its head in you in the heat of the moment? And when it has arisen, how have you cared for it? Have you ever been on the receiving end of hate? And then what have you done? Hello and welcome everyone. Today our topic is hatred, how it poisons us, and how mindfulness can free us from its clutches, and how we can apply compassion in its stead. I hope you find today's show helpful, and I hope that you'll download the episode, share it with your friends, and review it on Apple Podcasts. Your Mindful Life Podcast. As we look around us, we see a lot of hate. I hate what she did. I hated that movie. I hate that group because they opposed me. I hate him for beating me up. I hate her for robbing me of my loved one. I hate him for abusing me. I hate them because of the way they look. I hate them because I have been taught to hate them. I hate them because I fear them. I hate them because they are against what I believe in. I hate them because I see a world of scarcity in which there is not enough to go around and I will get my share. There is a lot of hate. Hate has a range of intensity that can range from profound dislike to abhorrence. How do these words sit with you? Disdain, distaste, contempt, loathing, disgust, detestation, revulsion, ill will. Strong, aren't they? They can send a shiver up your spine. Hatred is dangerous because it gets entrenched, easily turns to violence, and is hard to bring awareness to when we are in its throes. The capacity for hatred is in all of us, and we might be surprised when it rears its ugly head. Have you ever been in a fight with someone? and felt hate springing up, in the heat of the moment, you might have caught yourself saying or thinking, I hate you. How does hate form? Hatred is a powerful reaction to assault. It can spring from being continuously verbally maligned or humiliated by others, or from physical abuse by a caregiver or a partner. It can develop from feeling attacked or overpowered by people or groups, creating wounds of inferiority, shame, and fear. It can come from having been struck down physically by fists or guns or from having been robbed of a voice, a place, a job, an opportunity, or the life we feel we are entitled to. Hate can also come from learned attitudes. 
when we are taught time and time again to hate that person or group of people over there because they don't look like us, don't act like us, don't speak like us, or don't share our cultural or religious beliefs, the hate for that person or group becomes legitimized. When this happens, we don't see those people over there as people. We simply see them as objects. Hate festers over time without the intervention of mindfulness without awareness, inquiry, and the application of an antidote, hate takes us over, destroying our freedom and harmony. It is contagious. The more there is in society, the more it festers and infects us. When we see it all around us, we too feel justified in rushing in to show our resentment of others whom we believe have slighted us, abused us, struck us, overpowered us, or robbed us. We instinctively objectify the person who is the object of our hatred because hatred is so evil. If we see that that person over there is just like me, it is not possible to hate them. There is plenty of opportunity for hatred to grow everywhere. It's a trap, creating suffering in us and poisoning how we experience every situation. Hatred blocks us, awash in distortion. We can't see clearly. We might hear the word stop hating, but unless we ourselves recognize the hatred in us and unwind it, we will not be free. The person who hates suffers, and so too might the person or group who receives it. The person who hates is picking up a burning ember in their hand to strike another, only to discover that they have burned themselves. Hate always turns inward against ourselves and then turns outward against others fed by inner feelings of shame, unworthiness, inferiority, and fear, the hatred we feel for ourselves transforms into hatred of others. Feeling separate, outcast, and harmed, and yet desperate to connect, we can only reach out with bravado, bossiness, or boasting in an endless quest to intimidate others. We can only reach out in hate. It's someone else's fault that I hate myself, and I'm going to get even. I'll show them who has the power. The truth is, hate separates us. Hatred also has a physical dimension. It triggers the amygdala, the center of strong emotion in the brain and dump stress hormones into our systems that increase anxiety, push blood pressure unhealthily high, cause headache and widespread inflammation and tension throughout the whole body. Those who have learned to approach experience with the attitude of hate are also captive because hate separates us, and so the more that we live by hate, the more separate and miserable we feel. Unwilling or unable to see clearly, 
we are captive in the endless cycle of cause and effect of hate. When we are hated, we may also suffer. When one is attacked, abused, overpowered, robbed, or insulted, this is an arrow of pain and suffering. But we don't have to let it fester in us. We don't have to take the second arrow. Allowing the feelings of intense unpleasantness to flow through us, we free ourselves. Of course, we have to know how to do that. This reminds me of the often-told Native American story of the grandfather and the boy, often called the tale of two wolves. One day, an elderly grandfather tells his grandson about a battle that goes on the inside of every single person. He tells the boy, inside of us, there are two wolves. One is evil. It's envious, jealous, greedy, arrogant, self-pitying, guilty, and resentful. It feels inferior and lies and holds on to false pride, superiority, and ego. And the other wolf inside of us is good. It's joyous, peaceful, loving, hopeful, and serene. It holds humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The boy took in all that the grandfather had said and paused as he pondered the words. And then he asked the grandfather, which wolf wins? To which the grandfather replied simply, the one you feed. Just as the day holds darkness and light, we hold within us the capacity for good and evil. And we can see its cause and effect. We can see that when we feel wronged, jealous, greedy, arrogant, shamed, and resentful, that the effect can be to get back, get even, or try to recover something that we believe is only ours. Seeing these causes and effects, we see just how easily hatred arises in us. We can feel it when we say, I hate you. When we are mindful, we're aware of what is arising in us and can pause and not let our calm be disturbed. Rather than react or cling to hatred, rather than run away from hatred, leaving it to fester and grow within us, we can be mindful of it, not buying into it or getting caught in it, but seeing it as it is by recognizing and acknowledging it, and then by bringing awareness inside our bodies to discover the tension that hatred has lodged there, and then releasing the tension by focusing awareness and breathing into and through the places that are tight and tense with hatred bringing relief. This can be hard. Because hatred has an abundance of energy of its own, it takes as much energy to be with it and breathe, and yet we can do it. We might be encouraged to ignore the hate in us and simply feed our goodness, 
But the truth is that we have to both release our hatred and feed our goodness. Compassion is a powerful antidote to hatred once we are aware of and care for our hatred. Thich Nhat Hanh, in his book, No Mud, No Lotus, reminds us to care for our suffering. He asks us to recognize our suffering, embrace it, and to look deeply into its roots so that we can let go of habits that feed it and at the same time find a way to happiness. There is always something beneath the hatred. We can't release the hatred until we release the roots of it. And once we've released the roots of it, it will dissipate. And then we apply the antidote of love, kindness, and compassion. When we take care of our own hatred by recognizing it, understanding its root causes, and letting go of the habits that feed it, we are, in essence, being loving and compassionate to ourselves. Only by being loving to ourselves can we be loving and compassionate to others. This week, I invite you to find hatred in yourself. Don't shy away from the task. You may find it hidden away in some dark corner. Don't justify the hate and don't push it away. Bring mindfulness to your suffering. Find its tension in your body and breathe into and through it. Inquire into the root causes of this hatred because there's always something underneath it. Ask little questions. What's happening now? Is there something more here? And what's the worst part of this? The whole situation around the hatred will reveal itself. Stay with it and be kind to yourself. And also remember, at any time, if you feel ungrounded or feel that this is too much, stop. Bring your awareness into your feet. Feel your feet from the inside, noticing the sensations arising. And make a gentle mental note. Squeezing, squeezing. Pressure, pressure. And notice the connection of your feet to Mother Earth. This is how we ground ourselves. Or open your eyes and look around the room. Name aloud five things that you see around you. Get up and take a walk. Make yourself a cup of tea. And if you feel the need... Talk to your healthcare professional immediately. And remember, if you feel unsafe in a relationship or are in an abusive relationship, you can reach out for help. In the United States, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline 800-799-7233 or text START. S-T-A-R-T to 
for help. Thank you for listening. I am grateful for you and for the people behind the scenes who make this podcast possible. Gorgias Romero for original music, audio engineering, and production. Bill Rafferty for technical web support. Ali Allen for logo and podcast cover design. And Margaret Haas for announcing the show. Be well. Be mindful. Oh,